0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Chin Wags on
1: Thursdays. My name is Luke, and with me, I've got my co host, Mr. Julian Faruja. Good morning, Luke. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm buzzing from our response from episode one, and I'm rearing to go for episode two, mate.
0: Yes, and in fact, I want to take this opportunity to thank everybody who. who tuned tuned in to us uh, last week. Uh, We had people from all over the globe, Julian. We had people from Belgium. Uh, We had people from Luxembourg. Maastricht Massive, thank you. (laughs) Uh, We had people from the UK, people from Italy, from Mexico, obviously Malta.
1: And uh, our favourite one, the one down under. From the one down under. (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to insult some some, uh, Australians for sure, but uh, I believe we have a good friend, uh, Andrew Camilleri, known as camels yes 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 and our good friend chris down there so thanks for tuning in guys
0: um but let's get on with the show for episode two let's get on let's get with it so today we've got a really 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 interesting guest uh our first female guest first of all first female guest. lovely to have a female on the show uh she's a photographer content creator tour manager social media manager the whole lot basically
1: and a wonderful person and
0: a wonderful wonderful person Mr. Matranta, how are you?
2: Hi guys, <laughs> the Chinwag. Yes, you're officially
0: a Chinwag. <laughs> I'm
2: good, I'm good, I'm good. You've I'm been good. Chinwagged. <laughs> yeah. I love the name, I honestly love the name. And in your first episode, I listened to where the chinwags actually came from. That's the, the first slang. 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you've listened
1: to the first 10 seconds.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you got well, me there. <laughs>
0: so, and um, thank you so much for being here. Before we started there, uh, before we started recording, you said today you should have been in seven countries at the same time. Um, And you're someone who's always travelling around the world with work and uh, you live quite an exciting life. Um, But before we get into that exciting life, a lot of people know you in Malta as the woman shoving a camera down your face in a club, (laughs) posing uh, for some photos and uh, in the party scene. So uh, can you talk to us a bit about those days of when you started? The origin
1: story of Emma Tranta.
2: Actually, Began all from there, from those parties at Safside, the Ryan's parties, the Twisted Monday parties. You have to start from somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, basically, I, how I began, I was always, my, so my mother's a dance teacher and a dance choreographer, and she used to have a company. Um, called Contact Dance Company, and um, she used to rehearse very late at night, because the dancers used to finish work, and they used to, you know, go straight to the studio and crack on with it then. And I always used to wait in the studio till she was finished. And we're talking about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock the next day after school, you know. And um, to be precise, once I... I found a small pocket camera in my mother's bag and instead of, you know, hanging around just doing somersaults or, you know, sitting by the mirror just watching, I said, you know what, I'm going to take some photos of the dawn And, says. and um, to be quite honest, I started really enjoying capturing moments. I was like, you how cool, you know, like a leg up expression in someone's face and had all these different um, like aspects that I was looking for. And I said, la, capturing moments is something really cool, you know so when i started going to parties with friends and stuff like that mostly like surfside uh, slight part of it you know the, the underage zone i started to take my pocket camera with us till i started having you know people say hey, bring your camera next week bring your camera here bring your camera there i was like okay I'm getting known for, you know, capturing these memories or something to post on Facebook or those days high five or something like that or oh, whatever Castle. it was.
1: Classic <laughs> high five. Oh. What a throwback! <laughs> hey,
2: and um, I then I I started to become very obsessed. I started to look at these like bigger photographers Maltese um who used to carry this big black camera and I have no I I didn't have any idea how it worked but I was just obsessed I was like I would really really like one and luckily my dad for Christmas bought me a beginners one once and um as soon as I got it I was like right now what to do you know and I I started learning how to use it via YouTube tutorials um Google searches and stuff like that. And it was all trial and error for me. So wherever I'd go, family gatherings, friends, sleepovers, I'd always take it and um, capture these moments, you know, so in 10 years' time, we can always look back. And then we started, you know, going out, socializing, these bigger parties, again, something like Twisted Mondays, that we all, (laughs) all were there, all know the vibe, the cool vibe that those Portugal days had. Again, side and I started to get into the promoter scene. I'm getting like, my, my friends, some, all of our friends, um, were started to be m- main promoters, and they were all like, always like, "Listen, em, next week, come, you know, um, take some photos." And it, for me, I obviously was still a student then, and it was like, like a little bit of pocket money. I didn't have any job or anything like that. And slowly, slowly, I started to branch out. Uh, started to get to know the bigger promoters, something like the the, the strictly RB promoters, the sunglasses at night promoters the g seven promoters, and I started to get the bigger events so we 're not talking about clubs of hundred to two hundred people we 're talking about three thousand people, right so the bigger venues of course shampoo numerono and whatnot, and um they started to get even more exciting because they started to get international DJs. And for me, that was something that like, I really wanted to focus on, international artists. I always had um, a vision that one day I would hope to be traveling with one. So basically, I started to look um, on Facebook to see any event, you know, that would be an international guest invited over. So I'd really try to target that promoter, say, hey, um, I'd love to come and shoot your event. I'll do it for free, you know, those days, as long as I can, you know, get some fo- some cool photos of the international DJs and stuff like that. And it started off all, all like that, to be honest. And to cut a long story short, um, once I was actually shooting an event in summer for um, a club called Oriel, and um, it was a party called Pasha on Tour, and I know the club Pasha on Ibiza. I mean, I had never been at that time. But I know the club um, in Ibiza, and I was like, wow, this must be an insane party. And I went somewhere. It was a bit weird, because it was on a Wednesday night. I'm like, you know what, it's summer, probably all these foreigners are just here to party, besides learn English, probably. And I went, and I was a bit impressed how it wasn't packed, and there was an international DJ, and it's an international brand. It was packed, but it's one of those clubs that if, if it's not fully, fully packed, you, you say... You find, uh, you find
1: spaces in, like, spaces in the thing. Ah, uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> and
2: for me, it was, I was like, look, I'm hired to do my, my job, uh, my work. I want to do a good job and get the club looking amazing. Because obviously these photos would be used then, wherever. And um, they had a very actually interesting um, artist. And these, this artist was called Nervo. They were the first female international DJs that I shot, and um, for me, it was quite cool, you know, like shooting female DJs. I was like, "La, the first time was, uh, we're quite male dominated here, especially in the local scene and the artists that are invited are all males. Let's be honest. And I said, that's, that's interesting, like a new type of energy to shoot. And um, in fact, I had gone backstage and I was just dying for a photo with them. I'm like, you're the first female DJs. Can I take a photo? I want to like record this moment and then the night went on. I did my job 2 3 hours and it was pretty impressive because they were like really 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 cool DJs. So, and for me as a content creator, it's very important to feed off the artist's energy because if you're how, how can I say if if you don't have that vibe that it's a bit hard to explain but I just feed off the energy, right? And I capture the the motion, the smiles, enthusiasm and whatnot. And um I did my job, I gave the photos to the promoter, and that was it. Then, funnily enough, I, I was, uh, this was six months after, I was on Erasmus in my, last semis- in my first semester of my last year at university. I was st- studying for a degree called Business and IT at the University of Malta. And I was at Coventry University for three, four months, you know, the Erasmus period. And I was in the library, but for some strange reason, I get the call, and it wasn't a call like plus four four, which we all know is a UK number. It was this. I don't even know what the number starts with. And I'm like, "Oh, I'm like, let me head out of the library. Which it's one of these prank callers or whatever. You know, sometimes we we, we if we don't know the number, <laughs> we just start the parts we're not available. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went out and I called and I answered the school and they were like. There was this woman called me and was like, "Hi, I'm Goldie. I'm Neville's manager." And at first, I didn't put two and two together because I was like, "What's going on here?" And she's like, "You had shot us six months ago in Malta when we came for our gig." And I'm like, "Ah, cool. Yes, yes, yes." I'm like, "Hi." And so I'm like half trying to study some coding, half trying to process <laughs> who's calling me. You know what I mean? My brain was everywhere. And she told me, "Listen," she told me, "the guys, uh, the girls, um, love your." Uh, work that you did six months ago, the folder's still on their desktop, and they would really like to try you on tour. And I'm like, what do you mean on tour? I didn't exactly understand what was where this was going. And again, so like we would really love to take you um, to a gig, um, basically to capture whatever we're gonna do because we loved your energy that you captured the all and they knew, they knew the club wasn't back 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 but they were like so impressed with how insane it looked from these photos i was like okay this sounds cool i was like so so what are we talking about and she's like listen from 27th i still remember the day till today from the 27th till the 5th of january over christmas period and over new year and i was i was like Okay, cool. And she was like, where to? And I was like, where to? And she said, Mexico and Costa Rica. And I had never left Europe. So I was like, whoa, that's cool. But I was a bit hesitant because I had already all planned my Christmas back at home. You know how family-oriented yeah. Maltese Maltes people are with Christmas. And because I was abroad for four months already, I was like... I think I should really go home, you know, see my parents, catch up with them, this and that. That was my first period, you know, where you go out for months, not not, not a week or with friends or so. So I told, I, I literally, I was like, listen, I don't think I can make it over Christmas because I've already planned to go back with my family. They're excited to see me, this and that. So I'm like, I'm really sorry. And I cut the phone. And so I like, I'm like, ma, I just like threw away an opportunity and experience. I'm like, whatever. I tried not to think about it. Back to the coding, you know, oh. studying and whatnot. <laughs>
1: Did you tell anyone about it though? Like, did you, or did you just put it back of your head, back of your head, and just back to coding, <laughs> back to, to the library? To
2: be honest, I, I didn't really process. Of the, so. I think I told one of my one of my friends I was living with at that time, but I was like, you know what? It, so sort of, I declined an opportunity. Let me not brag on about it. So then a week passed and I get another call. I can't remember where I was this time. I think I was still in the library because it was between (laughs) assignments time, you know, (laughs) probably. And I get another call and they were like, listen, and it's again, the manager, Goldie, and she's like, listen, the girls still want to try you. We're going to give you another opportunity and a different date. And I was like, "Okay, cool. Um, okay, I, hopefully I can make it this time. And they were like, listen, towards the end of January, so the 27th January, something like that, to go to India. I'm like, more these places, where are they coming from? <laughs> go to Rome,
1: go to Rome, or go <laughs> exactly to Sicily. Exactly
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was like, okay, cool. I was like, I'm in, done. Because for the simple reason that the Erasmus season finishes like within the 10th of January, because the UK. Um, exam period finishes early, and the Maltese period finishes late. So we start our second sem- our second semester beginning February or something like that. So I was like, okay, great. I had two weeks anyway to like you know do stuff, and um, I was like, okay. I mean, I hadn't told anyone. Hadn't you know make sure if I had my injections to go to India. This is and I thought, I'm like, I mean, I mean, book. And within literally 24 hours, I received, I had given them my passport, received tickets. and hadn't even told my parents, start <laughs> And um, And the rest is history. And the
1: rest is history. And the rest is history.
2: And it was quite weird because I didn't receive these tickets. And I'm like, how am I leaving, let's say on the 27th, but coming back 28th in the morning? I was like, the tickets must be wrong, you know? Then I I mean, when it actually happened, I realized that it was to go to India for like 22 hours and back. So it was like, go there, gig, fly home, done, you know. And I actually went to India. Um, you can imagine as soon as I told my parents what went on at <laughs> home. You're crazy doing this alone. I had never left Europe. So, you know, that that was granted. They, they are parents at the end of the day. You know what I mean? And I went to India, met these these. Uh, Pretty cool chicks, basically Very vibrant very, <laughs> very vibrant, cool. really like energetic, cool. they wear such like you know colorful clothes it was It was a real experience and um, we we were actually shooting a private event. It was uh, the wedding of the owner of the Mumbai airport, so you can just oh imagine God. how bombastic this event was, and was, i was i was I was really like shocked at the whole venue where I was, but I was always there you know hanging, hanging along with them, shooting them taking photos when they weren't noticing on their phone setting up speaking to people in the surrounding and anyways i just really tried to capture their vibe and their cool you know their cool nature that they give off besides the actual event um and basically we had this event i flew home 22 hours after leaving to go there and um the rest is history man <laughs> i
0: mean it's pretty that's pretty bold of you like first like to decline the first office to go i mean because that was your dream job like you said in the beginning you, like you said you'd like to go on tour with with an artist and that was that was a foot in the door to you know to get involved in this industry and i'm, I'm just amazed that you actually turned it down at first and that and that just shows what kind of person you are, and the fact that your family means so much to you, yes, and that yes, yes. and that family time, and listen, it's downtime to come down to Malta and be with your friends and family in such a a beautiful time of the year. So,
2: exactly, that, I that mean, was super
0: bold of you. Yes,
1: and before before you met Nervo at the party at the previous party in Malta six months before this event, had you really had you were you aware of them? Because up until you had gotten involved with these people with this with this duo. I, I mean, Nervo, are not, okay, their music is not necessarily my type of genre that I would listen to personally. However, um, as soon as you got associated with them, I was following them, I was following you, because if you follow them, you see it's your of work, course, exactly. it's whatever you see, it's an extension of yourself. So, and I had read that the, they, their claim to fame initially was, so they were set up in Ibiza and they were a resident DJ and whatever, but then they had sold a single to David Goethe. Exactly. And that's what, that's what sh- that sh- shot them up to... The Number one. A, not the A-list. A- I, I think... Katie Rowland,
2: it was. Yes, it was the song called laugh take When Love Takes yeah, Over. Everyone knows I that. Yes, oh, I know yes, that. Yes, yes you see. i sing that one in
1: the show a few times.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty impressive. Yes. Every, uh, and had it, you like, known
1: this? So had you known before, when you met them, when you met them at that at club six months before, had you known that?
2: I didn't know how they actually started, but I did know who they were because they are the most famous female DJs in the world. So, and I, I follow DJs, so I knew who they were for sure. Plus... At the moment, a lot of lineups and festivals always try to have females on their their lineup, So they were always kind of the go-to, you know what I mean? So I knew them because they were so big. But then obviously when I got to know them and they told me that they wrote When Love Takes Over of Kelly Rowland, sold it to David Guetta, <laughs> <laughs> within like 24 hours, she said that, that their lives changed because they were... Regular people, you know, they were helping their parents, the parents were uh, dentists, some of them, uh, sometimes they were working at Starbucks, you know, to make ends meet, but like, it's literally, they they continued songwriting in their bedroom, day after day, day after day, and luckily, they just hit the nail on the head with that song, and from then on, it was all all upwards i mean of course it's a personality besides no, you know personalities
1: yeah, have you ever seen their <laughs> shows have you ever seen i've,
2: I've, I've of, of course i, I mean they, i've seen they clips they rock because, the house man
1: yeah hell, they get the whole <laughs> they get how, i don't know how many fans would be in a regular festival like i mean loads
2: and you'll find in the tens of in the
1: tens of thousands obviously and they, they're very perform they're very performance based it's not just the music they play yeah. and they they like get a lot of interaction with the crowd it's not just exactly, focusing on exactly. the music it's a lot of like uh, movements and yeah. the, and just like a sea of people following these two lovely ladies. Like the, I mean, I'm a big fan of Liv and Mim. I love
2: others. how you know that it's one. Like,
1: Liv and, <laughs> <live> and Mim hashtag Liv and Mim.
0: just yeah. I, 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 Honestly, it's, it's no secret. <laughs> so, uh, how old were you? So, when all of this happened? So. Y-
2: so uh, I think I must have been eighteen. No, not eighteen. Wait, 18 Last year of university. So Michael was three years, around nineteen, maybe. I mean that is 19 crazy. 19. That, that is fucking crazy. And Excuse my French. <laughs> and
1: needless to say, this has rolled on to you representing yes. and og- and managing Jamie Jones and the ever present on our radio waves Segala, mm,
2: big big number <laughs> I one was, hit at the moment. I was, I was
1: on the on the way here from Slima to Valletta, I was driving and as soon as I put on the radio, I was bloody listening to Becky Hill and Sigala.
2: <laughs> yeah, I wish you well. There you are. <laughs> um, yes, actually, one opportunity led to another. So after this gig in India, they they were so happy with the result that I gave them. They were like, listen, can you do another three weeks Um. in the period of midterm Easter? Normally, you know, we get two weeks off here wherever we are, university, school, whatever. I was like, I'll definitely do i'll take a week extra off of uni you know i was writing my thesis too, so it was that's, super stressful
1: that's, that's what i wanted to tell you because um i i very clearly remember you on your laptop on the jets <laughs> and you were working on your thesis and literally i wrote I, it's, my it's, thesis it's everywhere. testament it's testament to you as an individual and your motivation and your uh, um, your motivation to yeah. essentially do everything that you can because it's very tempting you to see the opportunity that you have your jet setting your globe trotting and you say i don't bloody need this degree fuck this it's shit literally I'm, I'm just staying in the music industry. yeah staying in the music industry
2: literally. it was it was hard eh? it was hard of because those hard, those three, after those three weeks where i was meant to do, where i was doing my thesis i was that was a european tour so it was like yeah. going to ski resorts doing fe- uh, festivals on ski and on the snow doing different clubs was germany spain italy you know those three weeks were around there but i was always writing my thesis wherever i could um whether it's a train whether it's a taxi whether it's a jet whether it's a plane it's I, I had to get it done you know what i mean and i said the only way i can get it done is if i dedicate some time towards it so it's not the first time i would have come home from a gig at like 3 or 4 a.m you know i'd have so much adrenaline from the gig that i like just start on it. Do two hours, then sleep. Then you have like two hours sleep before you catch on, on the flight to go somewhere else, you know?
0: And, and how did you deal with that? Like, because, you know, tour life and gigging is, you know, you need a lot of energy. You need to be, you know, alert. You have long hours, late hours. How, do you, so how did you find time to, to deal with your mental health, with your physical health? Like, did, was that a challenge?
2: Yes, that's probably the biggest challenge of it all, to be honest, because you are... Out of control. What do I mean by this? So at the moment, like m- m- summer is based over a six-month period when you're touring. So you start touring at the beginning of May and you finish October because some summer se- seasons go longer <coughs> in others. Um, and your calendar is just filled with gigs. Because obviously artists want to do as many gigs and be on as many lineups as possible. So you're like gig after gig after gig. Now I started off with Nervo and I did three years with Nervo. And within that period, I also met Cigala and I went on tour with Cigala. Well, you know, I still am on tour with Cigala. As,
0: as, a, as, a, as a content creator?
2: As a content creator, correct. So I first started off as a content creator with Nervo. And since I was traveling with them for like a couple of months, I think it was like three months, they really liked my vibe. They really liked my dedication, my concentration. And they were like, listen, can you take tour manager duties on board? I was like, listen, I have no experience in this, but I'm willing to learn, you know, and just just go into it. And they were like, yes, yes, no, not We'll teach you anything you need to know. You'll have an itinerary to follow because you have, we have, um, there are people in the office, of course, working, yeah. doing these itineraries, booking the gigs. There are all these different roles. And I was like, okay, cool. As long as someone teaches me, I'm, I'm game to learn. And I actually learned how to become a manager within a couple of months because then I was thrown into the summer period. And my role was like, not just content creator, my role was so much more because. Besides taking photos of the girls, you know, uh, on the road, besides the shows, when we went to the shows, I was doing all sound checks. When we went went to the shows, I was doing all light design. I was making sure, you know, dealing with promoters, lazing with them, making sure that we're on at the right time. Drivers are here, f- ready to go to the airport the next day. This is and that. So it's all it's all about managing, um, ag- managing someone. But n- it wasn't someone; it was a duo, you know. Um, so my role was 10 times bigger. M- most of it was, I would say, dealing with promoter, um, dealing with promoter duties, making sure we're on places at the right place at the right time. And then it's like pretty shocking because when you sort of come to the bigger festivals like Tomorrowland, you know, and Zigit and whatnot, and I have like everything in my hands and I'm trying to do 20 things at once. It's just like super, super, you know, stressful.
0: So, did you put the ph- photography stuff on hold? No, no, no. Or you still no. doing that at the always, same time?
2: Always, always. So, basically, my camera's always on me wherever I go. I never, never, never... Like, even if I go down f- to grab some food, it's on me because you never know what can happen at that yeah. time. And at the, mo- at the moment, it's literally all about capturing a moment. So, for me... I find it more interesting for to capture moments of the girls for example if i'm on tour with Nervo, to capture moments of them during the day so they're yeah. having a coffee at a local cafe in italy Um it, the girls eating a schnitzel in austria you know what i mean Get, capturing the like local vibe why because social media nowadays has seen so many crowd shots of festivals you know yeah. how many more Crouch are so we're going to see of Tomorrowland, of the bigger festivals, of the smaller clubs, of this and the bees and that. So it's like, you know what? People want to see r- artists being relatable. Yeah. So for me, it's more interesting to capture the girls if we're on the way to a gig and one of them's hungry, so we'll stop at like a McDonald's drive through and capturing them eating a burger than the actual gig. And don't forget, when you go to a gig, there are like 15 photographers, right? So, you need to do your utmost in in my case, my utmost to be original you know creative to make sure that the the, the shots you are getting are going to be like number one, and number two, you know different to others because you're, you're 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 engaged to do a good job and not to be the same as everyone and because I know you start to develop an a uh, relationship with the artist on a personal level, you get to understand it about you know their moves the what they like what they don't when you should take photos when you shouldn't when other artists come capture those moments because you never know in like two years time they might have a collab and they'll use those yeah. photos which has happened so
1: you were mentioning that you have to take a photo which kind of stands out from the rest there was um, a a picture a video that you had posted on your instagram and it's like it's a rich it's a very rich vein of material that you can you can use her instagram where she's behind uh nervo and she's with like a a, a- Long broomstick. She's trying. <laughs> she's trying it's, it looks as if she's trying to sweep a cobweb from the ceiling. <laughs> <Literally. laughs> Monopod in camera <laughs> terms. <attempts>. Just <laughs> 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 like this, with her arms up, and she's trying to take a photo of the of the crowd and, the, and probably with the DJs in, in front of the crowd. And I mean, I'm sure that I've seen. We've seen, like I said, we've seen these shots, and they're usually very most often they're not very impressive yes
2: they are impressive and and plus like you need to know when to go up when to not when like you know flags of the country are going to be shown so i know those whereabouts so i also have a head a kickstart to other photographers yeah. which are hired by festivals you know but um it's uh, it's literally all about i do my best to be as creative as possible and uh, as in living and traveling with the same people sometimes it can get difficult but i really do try my best to Look at others, other people's, because other people are doing like yeah. insane jobs out there, you know. Get inspired through watching some videos, coming across people, you know, you speak yeah. to, understanding the culture of where you are, because that's the biggest. Um, to be honest, that's the biggest creative inspiration that it gives me because if i'm in a place like india and i've never been it's it's like okay i'm not just here for the gig i'm gonna if i have those two hours i make sure that i go out and experience the real life of india you yeah. know to to try capture the essence and try grab the artists out with me you know sometimes they'll be tired sometimes they will working. Which you understand but i always try to 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 appreciate wherever i am and in the sense that i also try drag the artists to to capture moments of them being in those cities you know
0: yeah. so you did three years as a tour manager with Nervo. How does Sigala um, come into the whole thing?
2: How does Sigala come into the whole thing? Actually, Is Sigala his name? No, no that's his <laughs> stage name. His name's Bruce! Bruce! Bruce. <laughs> why bruce does everyone I laugh love? i don't
0: know bruce is like the least exp- like you won't expect that dj to be so bruce. funny it's i get the contrasts- same reaction
2: everywhere it
1: contrasts a lot with sigala i mean uh, bruce it's so true and this is our newest hit from the, uh bruce <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. So, so how does
0: Bruce get in, bo- involved so in, Bruce. in this
2: whole thing? Let's call him Sigala so Let's everyone cigar, everyone, cigar, everyone cigar, cigar. knows who he's speaking about. Um. So how does he? So basically, it was I came home to Malta for two two days. Um, it was a weekend, so it was I think it was a Friday and Saturday, or a, or a Thursday Friday. I'm not exactly sure. And it happened to be I love MTV Week. I was like, right, I've been traveling with Neva for two years. There's one major, con- at that time, there was one major concert in my country. I was like, I really, sh- really want to do my best to uh, be there and create content. And
0: this wasn't planned. So this was, no. you happened to be here.
2: I happened to be here. It was like a two-day break, basically. I was like coming, changing my suitcase, seeing my parents,
1: Go for a meeting walk huh? at <laughs> <laughs> no to If I, it. I had
2: time. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and... and and then just, just head off. But um, I happened to be here and I actually used to take photos of, as I said in the beginning, I used to take photos of larger events. But I always try to get um, a, a, a pass for this I TV MTV. And the passes that they give out is uh, uh, are press passes. Press passes meaning you're allowed in the pits. So for the first two songs of every artist, and uh, that's about it. Like you have to get out. So, and uh, and to be honest, Let's be fair, what really happens within the first two songs of an artist? The the show develops, you know, if an artist is on for an hour, it's like you're capturing the weakest part of the show. And I used to do that for a couple of years. Besides, we used to have all the, the, you know, the press during the day. And I was like, you know what? So many people are getting the same photos that I am getting. And I was really didn't want to do it again. And I said a bit of a selfish thing, but I was like, because I've been touring for two years already, behind the scenes and like kind of getting access wherever I want I was like I am not doing I love MTV as a novel photographer forget <laughs> it and so I actually asked some of the promoters and whatnot to, to see if they can give me passes because then I, I, I had known the promoters quite well did
1: you name drop? no <laughs> It's okay if you do, it's okay.
2: <laughs> no, I no. would have name-dropped, I would have name-dropped. Do you know who
0: I am? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, 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 I actually didn't, I actually didn't. They ju- I, but
0: they, they they believed in you, so, and they knew who you are, they know your your, your yeah. quality, uh, yes. and, what, and your vibe, so I guess that's why they, and, they, they said and, yes.
2: And, but to be honest, I also promoters and the promoters. So it's, a, it's a bit out of their hand, because it gets a bit see, uh, dodgy with when you have international people involved yeah. and whatnot, and MTV are very, very tight, you know, so... When I asked the promoters, they were like, "Listen, um, you, you got, we can we kind of want to get your pit pass." And I'm like, it's "That's not, not good enough." <laughs> not <got it. laughs> so what did I do? I actually remember when I we were on a, sh- a show in in Germany, so with Nevo, and we met the booker of the 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 girls in uh, who had the exclusive booking for Nervo in Germany, and they were like, and he was like, "Listen, I have um, he was telling me about his artist, and he happened to mention Sigala, and I was like." Okay, so I remembered that in my head. This happened like a couple of months before. So I, w- I looked at the artist who was invited this year and I saw Sigala on the, on the uh, lineup. On the lineup yeah. And I was like, okay, that's right.
1: That's, that's your foot in the door.
2: I am going to email this booker who I knew well, because obviously if I didn't know him well, I would have probably a, taken a step back. And I emailed him and I'm like, I'm like, his name's Mehli, he's German. I was like, listen, this is the situation. Can you help me? And he was like, no problem at all. Put me in touch with the manager and as soon as I was in touch with the manager and I told them I was traveling with Never for two years, they were like, of course, come, we love it, you know. So I did it, per se, gratis, you know, not, not against the fear or anything. Yeah. But I was like, I just want to be present. And no other photographer in Malta has, or MTV has ever shot it the way I did because I managed to get on the artist team. So I was with the artist everywhere. I hadn't even known him at that time. And to be honest... B- Bruce Segala
1: <laughs> because I, really f- I really forgot who Bruce is. Segala <laughs>
2: quite a very very cool. I didn't know, but he was a, he's a very very quiet person. You know, very reserved, very to himself. So it was an extra challenge because I didn't know him, but I still wanted to do my best. You know, get out, get as much content as possible. And he actually, luckily, he had actually he had singers on stage and whatnot. But I shot the event from the artist side, so I had stage access. I was running on stage. In fact, uh, if you if you see one of the videos, I had. I posted once on my Instagram. You see me in this this me, like video bombing. This video coming at the back of of, uh, of of Segala, taking photos. This is a lot on stage. But I was I am a person who would do anything for content. So I know the moment that I had to go off stage, I would get slammed by stage presence. Meaning like, what are you doing? You're ruining the live stream. This that. that. I'm like I really couldn't care as long as I got the content. As long as I did my job. Looking cool, looking unique. It's done, you know. Then all the slack can come all that way, and 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 from there onwards, whenever I could, the, the the management team were like, "Please come with us," you know. And I had already booked some shows with Nervo, so I was trying to fit in. Uh, Nervo, Segal, Cigala, Cigala Cigala Nervo, Nervo, Cigar, You know, the, the the summer was a bit dispers obviously with Nervo because they had like bigger shows and way more shows, but I tried to fit him in as much as possible and we just kept this relationship up till today.
0: So when you did MTV, didn't did uh, Sigala not have his backstage photographer like you were for Nervo?
2: No, no he didn't. He wasn't travelling with one. He's a smaller artist than Nervo. I his see. radio hits are, are bigger, but he's a smaller artist than Nervo. And he was the, the I think the smallest artist as a guest on that state on the, the the whole lineup but um it so was a huge
0: opportunity for you
2: it was a huge opportunity it was i mean luckily it worked out well until today I, I i started to take care of all his socials you know i did his all his management you know so it really developed in the right direction
0: you know i what i really love him about this whole this whole story is that you, you you found an opportunity and you did everything you can to to make sure that you you, you took that opportunity and and i love how you do that for your craft as well like you said you don't care if you're gonna you know fuck up the live stream as long as you get that good shot that um you know that you'd love to do and 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 that's going that everybody's going to enjoy and that you know the artist will you know the artist cares more about probably the shot than the live stream at that point point. 100
2: 100
1: it's a shoot first think later kind of that it and it's
2: and and That's artists have really developed to that attitude because now they look at the show as in we plan certain elements. You know, I'm allowed to also get access, like uh, and and actually be visible on stage because in reality, they really couldn't care if I show or not. But as long as they get the content to be used of for course. the next couple of years, it's the most important thing. You know, mm.
1: um, the ma- regarding the management aspect, I had a, I, I I thought about it recently. Is it all so you had? previously mentioned that there was also a bit of a, a management team and office you had said but it sounds from what we've been speaking about that it's all hands on deck for emma trante Literally. it's and does your work do you do your work the best when the artist just focuses on his music or do you liaise with them with the artist you tell him this is pyro this is lights this is where i want you to be be on the x on x like on the blue x on the stage mm, here yeah, or mm,
2: to be honest it's it's actually one big headache um the team all with all, look all artists are different all teams are all international you know you'll have managers in one manager in, in australia the other team in america the other one in europe this and that so you're also um trying to communicate with different time zones which is a headache but you you try not to get the artists involved because artists is there to try you know just focus on what they do they have another one billion problems to like take care of um they always they they just you know they're they're to themselves um so that is m- m- that is when my role comes into play so regarding pyro co2 and whatnot i'm the one who tries to cue it if i don't see the crowd reacting too much to a specific song then like you know maybe use some pyro or some co2 to help that vibe it, it's always like touch and go i mean there are songs which which are standard where I would use something. So basically when the artist plays their own song, I try to hype it 10 times more, you know, with special effects and whatnot. But sometimes it's, it's also touch and go. The, I don't plan with the artist, listen, fourth song, listen, fifth song. No, it's more like, you know, it's in my hands. If I'm busy doing, taking photos or running around doing a live social media or something like that, it's like, then there's going to be nothing. But I kind of took two roles in one there, which was, that's not very normal, to be honest, because normally people travel with, with two people, but uh, I, I managed to do, to do everything, which was probably the most stressful period of my life. <laughs>
0: that's in, it's incredible. And y- you mentioned before that Nervo are probably the b- uh, biggest female DJs in the world and that you were so impressed, you know, and you were really excited to see them because they were female. Now, the music industry is quite male-dominant. How do you feel as a woman in such an important role in the music industry? And have you ever witnessed any misogyny, any any sexism? How do you deal with it if, if you do? To,
2: to be honest, um, when, I, I, when I started this role, I was lucky because actually the whole Nervo team is all female. So female manager, female day-to-day manager, um, booker, artist, tour manager, photographer, everyone's female, female, female. So we, we really had that bond. And the f- the girls themselves never are quite female advocates. You know, they're all about girl power. Um you can do anything to get where you want regardless if you're a male or female. And um so that so that energy and that vibe very wrapped up wrapped off on me because 19, 20 years old, uh, you know traveling the world trying to take charge when you have the big, bigger people on top of you trying to tell you what to do this and that i luckily i mean i'm i'm, I'm very strong um and i did experience at times people trying to like take advantage of me and say like or treat me in some sort of manner just because i'm female but i just don't stand for it i'm one of those people who just doesn't stand for it and if if i request something or if i need something done for the for the best of the artist then it needs to be done you know i'm not saying something to cause hassle or to create chaos but it needs to be done because the artist requires it or it's going to look better for the show and at the end of the day we're all working towards one common goal but I do understand that the the, the music industry is very male-dominated well a lot of industries are male-dominated nowadays but I hope to be um, a person that you say like look she's a female and She's really standing for what she she believes in, you know. For sure, and,
0: and have you seen a difference from the you know you went you entered the industry at nineteen, and today, uh, four or five years later, have you seen uh, an improvement in gender equality?
2: I probably have in terms of uh, in a couple of terms, lineups are also. One thing which I probably saw a big improvement because there were lineups of shows and festivals and clubs which are just solely male, but because there's so much um, advocacy nowadays, you know, people speaking about female power, female people on boards, female people just present, that you also I've seen a rise in actual female artists instead of knowing one, now I know 20, you know what I mean, within the, the section that I work with, and um it 's just now it just looks more attra- attractive, like for example, on lineups when you have females and not an all male lineup you will you will rarely find now an all male lineup when you go to any festivals or whatnot and um, i 've actually seen a slight increase in female presence when it comes to the tech side of things when you 're on sh- yeah. you know on, on tour and on sh- traveling and stuff like that. But of course, um, still, still very, very male dominant. Yeah, long, long way to go, and we hope. We hope. Long way hope to go, uh-huh. we well, long way to go, but luckily, actually, in in every team I work, because then I moved on to Jamie Jones, who I kind of work with more now full time. Um, it's just it's just females in all teams, which I think is great. Yeah. So there's always someone to relate to.
0: That's super. So we spoke about international artists. We spoke about life on tour. I really want to touch, I'm really interested in the subject. I, I want to talk about Maltese artists and uh, the, local, the local music scene, um, which we seem to struggle to sort of break into the international um, industry. Do you think there's a particular reason why? Is it is it is it just talent? Is it that we don't really have to sort of make it to the top? Is it that uh, we, we don't take risks? Um, have you, Have you seen anything that you say this is what is missing from that this is what we don't have
2: um regarding talent we have so much talent here we just don't know it yet um i, I get sent, sent songs by so many different artists on a daily basis and sometimes i'm so impressed at what we have it's just a matter of maybe opportunities within that actual industry for example i know that you know the uk is very dominant in the mu- music industry, it's like um, one of the world's le- leading markets, and because it's it's a well leading market, there are obviously lots of managements present. There are lots of record labels, lots of publishing companies. So there's like you know there's that extra opportunity. Plus there are more studio sessions going on. You know studios, songwriting sessions, people making music, and as multi artists, we have so much talent. But it, I think I think. People are working on it, but need to work harder. There have been loads of artists who have been sending me music, and one of them was was a good friend of mine. Um, I, I I look. I try to help as much as possible because for the simple reason that. I do have certain contacts because of what I've done, right? And I've got to, to, to meet some incredible people um, along the way. And of course it, it's all about keeping in touch with these contacts and whatnot. But if I can help any local artist, that is my main goal. I've 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 helped quite a few actually. Um one of them being a good friend of mine who who just got signed to a publishing company of, of, of a person I work with, Segala, you know, and you say, Wow, a multis person yeah. for sure. This, this, this guy used to send me Dropbox links every single day um, I just listened, sometimes it used to get annoying, I'm like more another Dropbox link but I remember once there was this song and um, I was like oh my god, this is international the, the, the melody of it is just an international vibe and I always had it at the back of my head and um, Can we have a name drop? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Sure, let's do sure. it I
1: think I know who you're talking about though
2: Yes, I'm sure, sure. we all do. I'm sure we all do. It was it's uh, Sean Faruja, yeah. and he's doing a great job there at the moment. Um, uh, and and basically, he I had told him to you know send send the the, the tracks to to um, segal and he was actually in touch with him, which is great. But he I think he had to do some knee operation, so it was quite a while till he actually moved to London. And it happened to be that we were on tour um, in Wales, just finishing a whole um, UK tour. So we're on a tour bus. Um, and the live band had gone back to London because this last show we we're doing in Wales was just me, um, Sigala and Joe, who's the, the hype man of, of the, the whole set, the whole show. And we were parked, because we couldn't park the, the tour bus in Wales, we had to park in this like petrol station vibe you know, the ones where you just before you enter the city, there's always that big, one yeah. big petrol station. And we had to stay for there for like nine hours. And we are like, <laughs> we've just been with each other for like two weeks. And we're now I have to spend an extra nine hours, which is, you know, intense, but we're only three. And there was a tour manager as well. And um, we basically stayed in this cafe, had breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the same place. And to be honest, we, we just, I just remember we went for dinner Um, just the three of us, me, Joe and and Sigala and um, we're on our laptops we're all working kind of thing but you know, we're chatting and I I remembered that uh, I was like, "Ah, I really want to show him a song that I was like, it was really, really cool and i showed it to him and he's like ah i remember this guy he had emailed me once and he's like he, he looks like he has some really good stuff and so i showed him the song and he was like okay give me his email i need to message him and there and then he emailed him and he's like dude when you're in london please hit me up let's have a studio session together Holy shit. and from there it just basically took off i think he went to london um, a month later and um, they just kicked off they just loved each other's energy and it was at the right time because um segala was opening his own publishing company and wanted to sign around five to seven people and it was he just happened to be one of them and you're like wow and a multi's artist you know getting signed to such an incredible uh, artist and publishing company and the talent doesn't stop there because he's great and he'll do a good job from then onwards because he's being put into studio sessions yeah. with incredible people so going back onto the multi-scene he worked super hard because i know he's to work every evening literally on his piano creating music 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 and that's how it needs to be you need to work like around the clock until you get that one track and you're like okay i feel confident to send this out you know
0: yeah no so and i mean I know a few people in the music industry here and I mean a lot of them really work hard and are, there's, there's some incredible talent and you just really wish that this talent could be exposed in the international scene. So we hope that one, one day, you know, we could get that our foot in the door and that, you know, events like Isle of MTV really do give the opportunity to local artists to to showcase their, their music and their talent. Um, one thing uh, me and Julian were speaking about before uh, before we close off is uh, obviously th- the music industry, the arts industry uh, in general is first to close, last to open in COVID. Currently. Uh,
1: uh, um, there has also been a bit of a, a bite back from the local DJs, from people involved in the clubbing scene in Malta, saying that the government have mishandle the whole situation. Um now we don't want to get political here. We don't want to get to naming and shaming the government uh, in this in this uh, aspect. However, um, I'd like to hear your take particularly on whether or not um now is the right time to really have these like mass events, clubbing events s- f- solely for the industry to keep this industry alive where we're current, where we're facing this pandemic which just isn't going away at the moment what do you think how do we recover really
2: well covid covid was probably the worst thing to happen to the music industry i remember i was in south africa march and before i knew it i we had i was there for a week we had two shows for ultra music festival with i was with jamie jones and i started to see on facebook like people sharing articles of like multa closing five airports and i'm like Damn, I was like, I really hope I don't have to travel through one of these airports. And luckily, it wasn't London because I was traveling back from London uh, from South Africa. And when things started getting more serious, I was like, okay, I think I better book a flight uh, back home earlier because I was like, mm, this is getting a bit dodgy if I will not be able to get back in, back home. So I remember doing these two shows and we we're taking a couple of days off. So I was like, you know what? Cut the days off. Let's just fly home. And I flew home straight away. But I didn't. I don't know if it was me, but. I didn't think Corona was such a big deal at that time, right? Yeah. we are talking at that time. This is in March, beginning March, yeah. April. And, it was a, and in fact we had Miami Music Week the next week and we had like five shows booked in and it, it, it hadn't hit America as bad as it hit Europe. America had a delayed reaction Exactly. Very delayed reaction. So I in my head, I'm like, everything's still going on two weeks before, I'm like, I'm still going, you know what I mean? And luckily I was like, look, they closed airports but they didn't close London and I was flying through London to get to Miami. And um things started to close day by day and then the cherry on the cake was donald trump imposing a travel ban no europeans can try can travel to america and i was like right that's miami (laughs) music miami music week down the drain you know and then actually from my team because i I kind of work um mostly full-time on jamie now um it's they started messaging me and they started telling me like mexico canceled dubai canceled italy canceled spain canceled and then like the biggest cancellation of all was like ibiza residency canceled because jamie jones has an ibiza residency 19 weeks in in, in on a wednesday in ibiza and it's called paradise uh, our party and it's like the biggest you know it's the it's the the, the center of the summer tour and when that mm-hmm. was canceled i I was like, "Covid is real, guys. Like, Covid is real." And listen, it nothing, nothing. You can you can stop. Health comes first, of course, you know. Um, definitely. health comes first. Um, people need to be safe. And I agree. At, at the time, most events are are not not will not help the, the the whole situation. This is a very very sad situation because the music industry was the first to get hit and will be the last to come back. But um, look. I'm just thinking on the positive side. I took the time to settle back home a bit, you know, because I've been out for the past five to six years. So I I settled back in, got, you know, chilled with my parents, got to meet friends because I'd always miss bad days because I'm never here in summer. So I got to enjoy that part of it a bit. Started to, you know, retrain myself in, um, not retrain, but to to learn maybe some more... um, creative skills you know new programs that i can um, use to, to like edit movies on create filters just a bit of you know this and that um
0: i think it was a good time for all artists and creators to sort of sit down and say yes i want to work on my craft peacefully and i I have no deadlines to finish. I have, I, I can just really work on my craft
2: uh, for sure. Because in, re- in reality, we don't have a deadline to when Corona is going to end. But um, I just, I just think that look, every negative will have its positive when we come out of the situation, there's going to be so much new music because yeah. artists are literally just in studios. And I can tell from the three artists that I work with, it's like to get hold of them is, is really, really hard because <laughs> they're always in the studio creating music, you know? So I know that once we come out of this, we'll have an influx of incredible music. Um, uh, we will all, all really look forward to going to that first <laughs> party, you know, yeah. um, probably, which will probably happen within the local scene and then, you know, the rest will start, but, hopefully, um,
1: without a mask by then,
2: <laughs> hopefully without a mask. Cause I'd love to see people smiles, you course. know, and you know, have a boogie smile. on the dance <laughs> floor.
1: <laughs> Everyone's smiling with their eyes.
2: <laughs> Literally. But, um, but look, you just i mean it's out of control yeah. it's, it's it's at first i used to predict it I'm like, yeah, in a month's time we'll get back forget it you can't predict this this stuff anymore so um i just i just really try to look on the positive side i went I, I mean i personally i studied technology so i went i also you know went back on the tech side i yeah. i work a bit in in ai you know so i didn't have that time to 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 give when I was constantly on the go, so um, I, 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 I found just new aspects and new areas to delve deeper in. Again, on the creator side, doing my own projects, being back in the studio from since day one, you know, where it was sorted because my mother had some projects and I was there, you know, capturing some some movement of her dances and her and her, her projects. And um, just, just looking at the positive side of it all, besides obviously catching up with family, friends, being in Malta, enjoying the summer, because like, come on, we do yeah. live on an island, mm-hmm. sun sea, <laughs> what else do you need? But uh, it, was, it was a big struggle. And mentally, at first, I, it took, I think everyone was feeling it. And I felt it even more, because that, that certain um, aspect of uncertainty, for me, it kills me when i don't know what's going left or right or forward or back i'm a, I'm a bit you yeah. know hesitant of what's going to happen and I, I I was always thinking of like Malona, now what's going to happen what's going to happen what's going to happen but luckily i mean I am a touring asset and my um and my artists kept me on board on the creative strategies so i i can't complain i'm still working in my tech industry and um we we're, we're, we're trying to pull together all to, we're trying to you know hold on all together as a team whatever role you, you play you, you might need to divert slightly from what your role was but you know what a couple of months we're in this together and hopefully we'll be yeah. back to normal in, in no time yeah
0: hopefully hopefully all of this will just end and we could enjoy a party once again <laughs> can't wait <laughs> Emma thank you so much for, for being here with us today and sharing some of your incredible stories and your super exciting life uh, on behalf of the Chinwags we wish you the very best for the future um, and just good luck with everything, and um, keep well, and hope to see you on the dance floor for a boogie.
2: For sure, <laughs> thanks, guys, for having me. Really appreciate. Thank, Thank you very
1: you. much.